How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. Avon! <laughs> You're on the crazy train! Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. falling on us today, but that's okay because it's going to be a terrific weekend, especially a Father's Day weekend. And uh, we are the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. We come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. We are live. We are unrehearsed. Trust me, no rehearsals here. And if you want to become part of the show, just give us a buzz at 414-799-1250. That's 799-1250. You can also email us, but I'm not going to read them till during the week, and I'll get back to you next week about it. But our email is uh, ceoguys at yahoo.com. Anyway, good morning, Dan. Good morning, Sam. How's everybody today? Uh, we're doing fine there, Tom. Happy Father's Day weekend. Uh, oh, have your yeah. son's got it? If your son's got anything planned for you? Well, we're going fishing on Sunday. Is it Couldn't ask for anything better. Yep. In the well, if it rains, that's why God invented rain suits. <laughs> we have rain suits for that, Danny. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Tom. Um, do you have good rain gear, or do you have old junky rain gear? No, it's 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 good stuff. It's the it's the jacket and the pants. Okay. It's nice. It it keeps the water out. Yeah, it's good. But in my uh, in my bag, and a lot of anglers keep it in their boat. I have one of those emergency pouches because of the fact that you'll be out fishing, starts to drizzle or whatever, starts to rain, and it never fails. Somebody with you doesn't have a rain suit or something. You know what I mean? So I always have one of those little emergency ones that cost a couple bucks, just in case. It's great minds think alike, because in my boat, I've got an emergency poncho. It's a camouflage one. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even have to buy it. I think my brother, he was in the military. I think it's a basic old camel military type poncho. But yeah, I keep that in a bag just for those people that don't have rain gear. Right, exactly. Yeah. And it's a good idea to have good quality rain gear. You know, my dad, bless his heart, his entire life, his rain gear was was like a cheap 
plastic rubber kind of a, a pants and and coat you know the ones i'm talking about just a piece I, of you know yeah. junky ones yeah that was his rain gear but yeah if you're going to be out a lot fishing uh hunting whatever it, it pays to spend the extra money on the rain gear um it sure does which which, which uh which brings another question tom how about as far as uh, polarized sunglasses do you have cheap ones or use good ones no i use the cheap ones 1999 specials sometimes you get them for, yeah or, or yeah otherwise you get them for 14.99 the reason being was many years ago all right long long time ago i bought a pair of 50 dollars sunglasses they were uh, polarized glasses they were actually glass glasses not the plastic and uh i went to pay for the launch had them on the boat seat came back sat on them broke them i said i'll never buy an expensive pair again <laughs> so uh but i have found that the the inexpensive polarized sunglasses work extremely well they work well, very well i i do agree with you that uh the ones to, for basic function can work well one thing that uh I don't think is stressed enough and eye doctors really should be letting people know and and a lot of people don't realize you really should use whether you fish or not you should use polarized sunglasses because they pretty much have the best protection and if you want to help prevent getting cataracts later on in life just protect the health of your eyes you really should have a pair of polarized sunglasses not just regular sunglasses that you think are polarized you, you right. should have polarized and you know speaking of cataracts i i had both of mine uh operated on a number of years ago and i'll tell you what makes a world of difference you know when when you when you know when you got a cataract problem when every when you're like it seems like you're looking through a foggy window or something you know or it, it's it's uh, you know kind of distorted looking through but man, once they fix them, it is great. You know, my vision, my my distance vision is fantastic. Yeah, um, you had you had that surgery how many years ago? Oh, that's got to be, gee whiz, four or five years ago maybe. It was a while back, a while back. Hey, we got an email this week. Uh, okay. You know, we don't get a lot of emails right now since we're not live on the air. You know, I mean, we're live on the air, but we're not in the studio. Don't have the computers in front of us, but. Uh, we got one from Bob in Stumpy Bay, our friend Bob out there on Okachi Lake. He sent us this email. It was uh, basically about this one. I, I don't. I think I. Gee, I don't remember if I e emailed, forwarded it to you, Danny, or not. But it's about this woman, uh, Appleton native Emily Schneider. She caught a 56 and a half inch muskie on the Fox River in De Pere. There was a picture of her holding it, and uh, she released it. It was kind of thin, though, you know, and this just happened, I guess, a few weeks ago. Uh, the, the fish itself wasn't, you know, re I mean, it was heavy, but not as heavy as what it would be, let's say, in fall. But, yeah, 56 and a half incher. Pretty nice. Yeah, I, I got that picture sent to me by Tommy Wilson about okay. two weeks ago. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm sure, so, it, I'm sure it didn't name her name, but it was a woman, and it river i'm sure it's the same fish and you're right it oh yeah it is thin but it's uh you know it's a postponed fish it's still a true trophy if you get something oh, that, yeah. that long um and now is the time where 
it, right now, based on what I've heard as far as some of the stockings and you know what's gone on in the Bay of Green Bay, is a good time because there's going to be a bunch of those bigger, older fish. Uh, and we get them before they die is all I got to say. Yeah, because otherwise you're just going to end up turtle food and crayfish food, you know. So, and you know, and you know, even if she would have kept that fish and mounted it, I wouldn't have had a problem with that, you know. No. Well, I, been I, up to her. I told you about the uh, the one that when I was in Howie's a month ago, and the guy came in with the picture. He caught Memorial Day, and that was a uh, it was it was bigger than 56 and a half. It was either 57 or 58. And, Okay. Weighed 45 pounds, and uh, it was actually spawned out. Probably would have been 55 pounds in the fall, I'm guessing. But uh, he kept it. I believe he did, at least by the picture. It looked like it, it was taken in his backyard. So if anybody goes to Howie's Sports Shop in Sturgeon Bay, it's right there when you walk in the door on the right-hand side. But if he kept it, I, I mentioned on last week's show, I believe, more power to him. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that at all. No, I don't have a problem with that. That's fish. But, it's probably on the end of its cycle. Yeah, but I do have a problem. I got a few problems, Danny. What's that? Uh, I, again, I got a problem with the DNR. Oh, oh, uh, oh geez. <laughs> Does it ever end? No, never. You're like, like that. Like the this nagging is... wife that doesn't go away. <laughs> you, you just want to hire a hitman to get rid of her. This is no, this I don't. Club... I'm not endorsing hiring hitmen to get rid of anybody. <laughs> uh, no, this is just a a, a problem that uh, it happens every now and then. It pops up. But anyway, uh, out on Freeze Lake, okay, out by the Fox and Hounds restaurant, Freeze Lake. All right, now there was a tavern there with a boat launch and parking and all that called Wally and Bees. Now, Wally and Bees has been up for sale for quite a while. So the DNR bought some property to put a launch out there. They put it in the worst possible spot you could imagine. There's a little lake called Lower Freeze Lake or Little Freeze, Little Freeze Lake. Little Freeze Lake is about two feet deep. And if there's too much water, you're not going to get under the bridge if you got a windshield on your boat. If there's low water conditions, you're not going to get through Little Freeze Lake. There's not enough water there, period. It's very shallow and weedy. So my question is to the DNR, why didn't you just buy Wally and B's place and tear down the building? It's got a boat launch, a real nice boat launch, deep water access and all that stuff. Got parking already. It's like, why don't you just buy that place instead of buying this crappy property on a crappy launch on the crappy end of the lake? See, that's, that's what I don't understand. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Perfectly good launch sitting there. Just buy that property, you know. And and, you know, and they can't and they can't tell me that. Well, it costs fifty thousand dollars too much past our budget. Baloney. They go over their budget every year constantly. You know, Tom, argument against your idea of of uh, switching that boat launch is there's something to be said for some lakes that are maintained as use by canoe kayak small little boat type thing to get access there is something to be said for a guy to be able to go there and not meathead power boats like we own running around yeah that's true but see but guys like you and me we're we're uh we're courteous to other people on the water you know what i mean we 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 don't go buzzing other people you know uh, we don't make we try not to make a wake if there's people in an area we just slow down a little bit you know what I mean? We 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 know that 
we can all use the water. It's all there for us to use, but we just don't want to be jerks about it, you know? But there are people out there who are like that, you know? So I understand what you're saying. Yeah, there are people like that. And that's well, only not, like about an 80-acre lake, well, you know? Well, not so much even that, Tom. I'm just saying opportunity. Now, yeah, like, I true. have a big yeah. boat that I can go and catch fish with some guy in his little John boat can't. Here's an opportunity for the guy who owns the John boat to get in and get some fish that I can't get. So, I don't know. I think it has so opportunities for others. Them? Yeah, but I'm Pardon? looking at, like, why can't you get them? Because I don't have that little and John them? boat. And, yeah, but, but if I want, well, I'll get one and go into yeah. those out of the yeah. There's something to be said, yeah. whether it's a hunting place that a person has to hike back in to get into or do do a little work to get access to that you can get into some little gems. There's something to be said for that. I understand that. I understand where you're coming from. I'm, I'm just looking at it that the lakes are there for all of us to use. Now, granted, some of us have bigger boats, some don't have boats, some got John boats, some have kayaks, but they're there for everyone to be used and I, I see what you're saying, though. I see what you're saying, you know. But I, I just look at it like, you know, I just think the DNR could have got a better launch. That's Now, all. I will say this, being as you guys have been on the DNR, and uh, I want to say something good about the DNR because I've been uh, doing some biking, trying to work out. My goal was to go for a 50-mile bike ride this week, which I did. It about killed me. I'm lucky to be here, but uh, there's some very nice trails, uh, and I think it was the, is it the Glacial Drumlin Trail out of Waukesha that okay. heads west mm-hmm. and goes all the way close to Madison. Yep. Um, they, it's a very nice trail, and you can get a trail pass uh, for Wisconsin Trails for just $25, and it's amazing the number of great trails for uh, both biking or snowmobiles and so forth so i think the dnr does a good job of providing some things that fishermen and hunters don't regularly see but the dnr is is there for more than just we fishermen and hunters oh i agree the dnr uh, mostly of everything they do they do is uh spot on it's excellent work they do without a doubt and and this 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 state would be worse off if we didn't have a dnr but every now and then they do something that you or I or Joe public, you know, just doesn't agree with. And uh, you and I are just fortunate to have the ab- ab- ability to let thousands of people know, you know, <laughs> what we like or don't like. Whereas, you know, Joe Q public, they don't, you know, they just have to tell each other at the corner bar or whatever. But uh, anyway, yeah, we got a, you know, we got a commercial break coming up, but Danny... I got something when we come back from the break. I didn't know when I should do this, but I figure I might as well get it out of the way after the break. You know how sometimes you like to gripe about things? No, I don't. You're the griper. Oh, no, come on now. You you have you the You just got done. No, no. What I'm saying is every now and then you'll come up with the things that grind your gears, you know, <laughs> so to speak. But I've got one that just, just drives me crazy. And I got to tell you about that. And I, I, I think other people, it drives other people crazy too. Maybe if you've heard it, maybe you haven't, but we'll find out after the break, all right? We're brought to you by Baitmate Fish Attractants. Uh, stay tuned for more of the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. <laughs> Touching nothing's gone like 
Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. We are brought to you by Bait Mate Fish Attractants. And uh, Tom, what's your gripe today? All right, maybe uh, you and Sam, maybe you've, you know, watched some TV and you see a couple of commercials and like, for example, the uh, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial. The guy says, uh, yeah, get this uh, bucket of children, I mean chicken, and tell the children to wash up. The guy who sells pillows on uh, on TV, he says that they're washable. You know, when did the R come in the word wash? It's W-A-S-H, not wash, it's wash. And the funny thing is, one of my brothers said that years ago would say that. And I'd say to him, where's the R in that? And he'd look at me like, well, what are you talking about? And I said, well, you just said wash or like Washington. And, and it's like, why do people, I know the Brits do it, but the Brits are a little wacky, you know? But why do people here in America say wash instead of wash? I don't, know no if I've ever heard, I don't know if I've ever heard that, to be honest. You haven't? Oh, no, I haven't really fact, noticed it. On, on, like I said, on uh, like the Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial, on the My Pillow Guy commercial, uh, and there's other ones that'll pop up every now and then that you'll hear. Yeah, I just think it's kind of just weird, you know, uh, why something is added like that, you know, when it, it, it's, it's, the word isn't spelled nowhere near, there's no R in it. <laughs> why do they do that? So anyway, that was just my little gripe. That's all. That's your gripe. Yeah, it was just not, not a big deal. It's just wondering why people are... I don't want to say stupid. It's just like, why do they have those little idiosyncrasies of, you know, doing something like that? You know, maybe right. they heard it some. Oh, you know, like here for an example. Do you remember the show that used to be on American Idol? And there was a guy Simon Cowell. He was a Brit, okay? Yeah. And Paula Abdul was one of the judges as well. You know, for the first two or three years, he he didn't call her Paula. He called her Pauler, Pauler Abdul. Because those Brits, sometimes when it comes to an A, they got a hard time saying an A. They got to add an R to it. You know. So. You, you know. You know what else really bothers me, Tom? What's that? Kids on my lawn. <laughs> Damn kids, get off my lawn. <laughs> Grumpy old man, you. So, well, now that you're on to what bugs you on TV. All right. But. There's only one thing that really bugs me. It's the stupid Subaru commercials. Where they say love, that's what a Subaru is. It reminds me of that cheesy movie, Mr. Mom, where Terry Garr came up with some kind of cheesy advertising campaign to appeal to housewives. And every time I see that love, it makes a Subaru, I think of that. It's I, I don't know who came up with that, but that sure as hell isn't going to make me go buy a new Subaru, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I know. Some, some advertisements that we watch, it's like, you know, you just sit there and shake your head. Like, a lot of times, you don't even know what the heck they're selling or who it is, you know. They just think they're so classy or fancy or, or funny that the, the actual message is being lost. Like, you should really buy this product because it's good or it tastes good or whatever. But I'll tell you one product that you were telling me that's really good, and that's... The, the more expensive polarized glasses yeah, and there's reasons yeah, we, for that, right? We, yeah, we touched on that a little bit ago, Tom. And, you know, I've gotten past the age of the cheap polarized sunglasses. Now, I did get one good pair a couple of years ago of the H2Os, which had the interchangeable lenses. Yeah. For a number of years and was happy. And eventually those kind of broke down, got lost, and disappeared throughout the years. And I, you know, kind of 
pick up a cheap pair here and there, but this year I decided to try and get a, a really good pair. Okay, I'm at a point in life where I don't have to be chintzy and be a chiseler and get the cheapest thing I can get. So I went online and studied a little bit, and uh, it seemed like these Costas were highly recommended, and they've got special lens technology, 580G, and, and here's the thing with the lenses from what the brief study that I've done on them. Not only do the polarized lenses protect your eyes, but they do some things with lenses to try and either enhance certain wavelengths, whatever, uh, uh, of light or, or, or delete it or whatever, you know, keep it. They design the lenses for optimal visual clarity, put it that way, if I'm making any sense. Um, same with Leopold Scopes now has their Twilight Max uh, system which helps you see at low light where it, somehow they do something where it regulates the certain types of waves, uh, wavelengths, the red ones or whatever. But it, So there is some, si some technology into getting the better glasses and that's why you're going to spend over a hundred bucks. So I did get a pair of Costas. Uh, recently, however, I have a company that's called Nines, N-I-N-E-S. And uh, Mike Iconelli, the Bass Pro, he's, you know, I wouldn't one of their trust anything he sells. Sp sponsors. Okay. All right. Are you going to wreck what guy. I'm trying to say here already? Why do you got to throw a monkey wrench in everything? You know? So, and guess what? These machine washable there. How do you like that? So, anyway, um, the Nines ones actually oh, are cheaper. Um, and they've got uh, special lens technology. I think it's called uh, NearTech or something like that. Yeah, NearTech lens, which is another tech lenses. But they protect your eyes better from heat. And they, because actually they did a test uh, where they had a heat lamp and they showed how they protect your eyes from the near infrared radiation. And actually, there is tom actually does kind of like cook your eyes it like heats yeah. your eyes and with the nines lenses they will actually keep your eyes cooler and they and they you know they actually have the the test put up on their website so it's interesting and i thought you know what uh i'm going to uh, get a pair of those because what happens is when you know heated like that basically they get fatigued and so actually, you know, your eyes get fatigued and itchy after you've been in the sun all day. And that's caused by that uh, NIR heat emitted by the sun. In other words, the uh, near-infrared radiation. So I'm, I'm going to try the night. I think it's worthwhile to have a good pair of polarized sunglasses. And I know there's other brands out there. I was talking to a neighbor, and he's a fly fisherman, and he got some real fancy pair of a different name brand. I don't know if any of our listeners ever have any suggestions. They could always send us an email or give us a call. Yeah, that's very interesting. I'm still not going to spend a couple hundred bucks on a pair of Polaroid glasses. Well, the nines were like uh, <laughs> 90 bucks. Uh... 90 bucks, free shipping, no tax, which I'll have to report next spring when I do my taxes because I don't want to cheat the state of Wisconsin. But uh, Aye, what, I think they, what, what they don't know, you know, that won't hurt them. <laughs> you know, there you go again. You know where your tax dollars go, Tom? Partly to go to support the DNR that you criticize so much. Yep, I don't criticize them that now, much. Now you're going to criticize them. You don't want to even give them your tax dollars. 
Well, not that tax dollars, no. They take oh, okay. enough out of the payroll checks. Well, anyway. Do you want me to comment more about it? Sure. How about Lake Lavelle? <laughs> oh, God. How about North Lake? <laughs> oh, yeah. Here we go. Hey, a couple, couple things along the, D, along the DNR. Yeah. DNR, a uh, couple things, announcements. Uh, they will have their virtual meeting on June 24th, I guess in four days, to talk about the antlerless quota and permits for 2020. Right. So if people want to participate in that, you can you can go to the DNR website and get all the information. July 15th is the deadline. Uh, the artists are encouraged to turn in, turn in their... Uh, Submissions for the turkey stamp, pheasant, and waterfowl fowl stamp competitions. Um, so yeah, if if you're you know looking to do that, and also also the bass uh, season in the northern zone opens today. So a couple of different things there. Tom, do they they don't even give you the physical stamps anymore though, do they? No, that's all on the license. Uh, that's all printed in a code. Uh, you know, when you get when you buy your license, yeah, it's. Or if you have the Go Wild card, it's all part of that information that's on that card. I so, kind of liked. Yeah. I kind of like getting the physical stamp years ago. Yeah, a lot of people years ago would collect those every years, and they'd have a collage of them. You know, so. Right. Yeah. And, and a friend of mine one. A friend. Of a salmon trout stamp years ago and I had a copy of the print and then I had a copy of the stamp right in the frame together with it yeah, so I nice. always thought that that was that that was pretty cool so it's too bad that they that they stopped actually giving you a physical stamp I suppose it yeah. was just to save money oh I'm sure yeah that's probably it which you know a lot of times let's face it you know they got to look for where places to cut here and there so that they can buy more of this useless land yeah, well, so they they could have bought uh, curly and Moe's or peas or whatever bar that you're talking about out there. Oh goodness! Hey, listen. After after the gut report, um, we do I do have some interesting stuff. I was finally able to get a hold of uh, 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 up to date right fishing reg regulation book, and I just wanted to bring up a couple of things that I saw in that uh, the other day. And uh, so anyway, he, he's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Neubauer. Sam Schmitz is on the boards. And uh, we are brought to you by uh, Baitmate Fish Attractants. We're here till 8 o'clock this morning. So uh, I hope you stay tuned for more good stuff right here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Come here. I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. I don't know how many of you like jalapeno poppers, but I know I do. Now this recipe is going to seem a little strange, different than any jalapeno popper you've ever had, but trust me, it's really good. It was, uh, I don't know, I don't know how my daughter-in-law serendipitously got it from the people over at Trace Locos on, out there in Muskego, but this is really good. Okay, first of all, you need a package of those egg roll wraps. Yes, you need egg roll wraps. Then you take two or three diced jalapenos, no seeds. Take one half to uh, two thirds of a brick of sour cre of uh, cream cheese, and you got to soften that up. 
two tablespoons of sour cream, quarter cup of mozzarella cheese. Blend it all together. Then you put about two tablespoons in the middle of an egg roll wrap. Don't forget your uh, egg wash along the edges to seal it. And then fold it like you would an egg roll. And you do this until you're done. And then you fry it like you do an egg roll. Trust me, folks, this is a different type of jalapeno popper, and it is really good. Now, if you want to add more jalapenos, that's up to you. You can add as few or as many as you'd like. Just uh, give this a try. You'll like it. And thanks to Trace Locos for this uh, wonderful recipe. The Broad Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor, where you'll find the best price, selection, and service at 51st in Oklahoma and Milwaukee and Mar uh, Main Street in Barstow and Waukesha. For weekly specials, go to DiscountLiquorInc.com. Welcome back to the Skibber Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush along with Tom Neubauer uh, coming at you live. We do appreciate you... Uh, Listening this morning, all of our listeners, uh, we always try and uh, make it a point to uh, thank the men in blue. We support the law enforcement officers out there, the first responders, military, health care workers, and the average guy just stocking the grocery sh shelves, uh, helping keep America great. We appreciate all of you guys out there working hard and listening. I want to throw a special thank you out to the hardworking folks at Park Avenue Pizza. Uh, my friends uh, Amy and her crew over there surprised me last Saturday with a wonderful retirement party. So they posted it on their Facebook page. There's a link to it. It shows them videotaping me sitting, uh, sitting just uh, cluelessly drinking, sipping a great knee-high at the bar. And all of a sudden I got surrounded with happy retirement surprise. So it was real nice. They gave me some gifts and so forth and a card. And much appreciated. So if you want to have some great pizza, some great chicken, uh, go over to Park Avenue Pizza. They're a great. No, that sounds that was yeah, that was a nice surprise, Danny. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's actually the only retirement card I got. <laughs> yeah, matter of fact, uh, I don't think I even got one <laughs> when I when I just stopped work. But then again, uh, it was a different story. It was on a planet long, long time ago. Anyway. Uh, looking in the regulations, all right, I finally got a, a book over there at Sherpers. Um, looking at the regulations, uh, now a while back we did talk about Big Cedar Lake, uh, that, you know, uh, Northern Pike, you can only keep one and it's got to be at least 40 inches. I think that's a little large, but that's all right. Well, anyway, 40 inches for Northern Pike. But they also have the 25 panfish limit, but only 10 of any one species. So that's another thing. So we did talk about that. But one thing we didn't talk about was Little Cedar Lake. Little Cedar Lake is real popular. They've got the same deal, 25 panfish, only, only 10 of each species. But with Northern Pike, you can keep five of them of any size. Now, I guess that means they got way too many in that lake. Uh, that must be it. Now, another one I looked at was in Waukesha County, uh, Eagle Spring Lake and Lulu Lakes. Now, there, both of those lakes, you can only keep 10 panfish. And catch this. You can keep five largemouth, 
yeah, that are 14 inches or less. But you can keep, let's see, you know, one largemouth over 18. And they do have a 32-inch size limit. But let me just make sure. Only largemouth or smallmouth bass less than 14 inches may be kept, except one. It really, you know what? It doesn't say how many bass. I think it's five, though. Because it just says oh, uh, largemouth or smallmouth bass may be kept uh, less than 14 inches. And only one fish may be over 18 inches. So I guess they're going with the five fish limit like everybody else. So anyway, you can keep a bunch. They must have a lot of little bass in those two lakes. So, so anyway, I, I just thought I'd bring that up, you know. Here's here's the thing uh, about size limits and so forth. Because I know you often, well, I won't say often. Maybe once in a while, Tom, you might grow a little bit about, you know, not only boat launches, but size limits or lack thereof on certain lakes. Uh, I was talking with Randy Reading this week. In fact, he and I went out fishing. I'll kind of tell that story in a little oh, bit. Oh, you did? Oh, that's but, nice. But, uh, yeah, he uh, yeah, he says you, he's always said you were supposed to get him out there, Tom, but you never did. So, out and, where? Uh, <laughs> out where? He, he, huh? Well, oh, I was supposed to get him out where? Oh, uh, out fishing. Fishing, fishing. yeah, yeah. No, you know, but anyway, um, he was talking about limits. And, you know, limits are sometimes put in place kind of like is is a like for biomanagement in other words let's say they got a large size limit on northerns in mendota a 40 inch size limit well it's maybe because they want to have a whole bunch of northerns in that lake to crop off a lot of the smaller panfish to improve yeah. the size of the panfish right so there are reasons for for in fact uh i believe it was labelle that ben that they liked having a lot of walleyes in there to crop off the little carp. Yeah, well, that didn't work. They still have a ton of carp in that lake. Well, so, you're never going to totally and, get rid of carp. Uh, and they also That's like getting the, rid of rats. Yeah, right. But you're never going to totally do it. Yeah, right, but they also put in the uh, catfish, uh, the, I mean, the big flatheads, to eat those little carp too, but that didn't help either. So they've done two things out there to reduce the carp carp population, and it really hasn't helped. Well, so how, they got to you know, they got to figure you, something else. Because the carp are all over the place. Well, maybe there'd be more if they hadn't done that. Oh my God! I think if there were more, you could walk across the water on them. Well, that so so yeah. So maybe it did help. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think just because you've launched Tom, just because you go to the shore and see a carp doesn't mean that it didn't work. No, I don't see just one. I see lots of them. Well, I kind of like the... on Pewaukee Lake. But I, actually, I could... to tell you the truth, Pewaukee Lake seems like it doesn't have as many as it did before. But then again, I haven't been on Pewaukee Lake that much this year. So I well, don't know for sure. They they were cruising around here plenty. Uh, in fact, a lot of guys go out with the spotlights boats and big spotlights and get a bunch um in fact uh, it was good they got the carp but it was bad that they did this uh Lowy found 55 carp in her dumpster about two weeks ago oh yeah. the ones that they were shooting with the bow and arrows they uh, i guess yeah all yeah. of a sudden oh, there were man. 55 of them so walk ahead i'm out of there because you can imagine the uh the smell oh. at that time well, so it's and did the, the disposal company say they wouldn't pick it up because of it uh, 
Well, we never got that far. Waka just oh, got him out of there because we didn't want him stinking by the building yeah. for a week. And then where did he put him? I don't know. There. <laughs> he just, I'm just telling the story. Oh, okay. What I else do you got to know? more to it. <laughs> That's you know Waka's height and weight when he was taking the, the carp <laughs> out of the dumpster? I mean. Uh, I don't think so. All right, who do you got on the line? We got Dan of Menominee Falls today. All right. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, guys. What's up? You just said there was a 40-inch limit on uh, northern pike on Big Cedar Lake. Uh, Yeah. According to my uh, fishing regulations, it's a slot size. Uh, You know, it's funny. Not on this, it doesn't say that. It says, uh, here, wait a minute, Big Cedar. Unless I read it wrong. It says, uh, here, it says uh, Big Cedar Lake, only one northern pike may be kept, and it must be at least 40 inches. Oh, okay. Uh, They didn't include the rest of it. Well, you know, where the slot size that you got to throw back. And I think it's, what is it, 25? 25 to 35. Got to go back. But but see, here's another one. But see, that that isn't right. It says it's got to be 40 inches in order to keep. And if it's a slot and you got to throw them back up to 35, why can't you keep one that's 36? Uh, mine, I don't know. Regular Where are you reading yours? That, uh, does not say anything about 40 inches. So. Really? I'm looking at the 2019-2020 the fishing well, regulations. I got 2021. You got yeah, Tom. <laughs> you don't want 2019-20, you want 2020-21. Correct. You've got uh-huh. last year's regs. Well, this is 2020 right now. Yeah, but that's last year's book. Yeah, but it's this year's date on it. Well, what you the got heck? The what old are they trying book. to do to me? You got the old book. Yep. I got the old book. Yes, you do. I, I thought I had the new book. Oh, well. Yeah. I, you know what? I think I shouldn't have been drinking the other day when I picked it up. <laughs> well, thank you for letting us know. Tell us the actual regulations out there. Yeah, it's... Uh... You can keep two of them. Yeah. They uh, have to, but 25 e- to 35 either under... must be released. Yeah, okay. 25 to 35, got to go back. Yep. And same, is that is that the same thing on Little Cedar? No. No, Little Cedar. Is that still five northern any That's size? Same thing. Five northerns any, any length. Yeah, okay. Well, Dan, I'm glad you called. Okay, Here nice. I'm looking at this stupid book. I thought oh, it was yeah. familiar. Blame the book. So, yeah. anyway, <laughs> everything that all those other um, we got to caution our listeners don't just go buy that, go get the current book <laughs> because those might be wrong too. We don't want to get any hate mail that you got anybody a ticket. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, just, I, like I always tell people, make sure you look at the launches. It's usually posted at the launches, you know, what the size limit and restrictions are. So, Dan, well, that, thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Yeah, that, that happened years ago on a TV show, didn't it, where they didn't yeah. read the... <laughs> yeah, Gillespie was out with a, a, a so-called guide on uh, Delavan Lake, and the guy was telling them, yeah, 15-inch walleyes, that's the size limit, and they were keeping them, you know, over 15 inches, and it turns out the size limit's 18 inches. Bunch of people from Illinois came up where we're keeping all these walleyes that were 16 and 17 inches. And then the DNR busted them, wrote them out. A lot of tickets were written up. 
and uh, they sued John Gillespie for giving them wrong information. But the judge says, no, that's up to you to know what the regulation is. You should have looked at the launch. Big sign there says what the regs are. So anyway. All right. Sam, the man, says we got to go to a break. But you know what's coming up next, folks? The Hornschwaggle. Danny's going to make three statements. You're going to say if it's a Hornschwaggle or no Hornschwaggle. And if you're right, two out of three, you're going to win either a $10 gift certificate to Carl's Country Market out there in uh, Menominee Falls on Silver Spring and Pilgrim Road. And you'll get a really nice prize package from Baitmate Fish Attractants and Coleman Insect Repellents. So stay tuned. Call now. Be the contestant. 414-799-1250. That's 799-1250 for the Hornschwaggle. We'll be right back on 1250 AM and 1057 FM, The Fan. Welcome back. It's Cutting Edge Outdoors, 799-1250. If you got a hunting or fishing report, more likely a fishing report right now. But uh, right now we have the long-awaited Hornswoggle segment. Uh, we're going to have a contestant. I'm going to make three statements, and he has to uh, be correct on two out of three as to whether I'm pulling his leg or not. Contestant. Today we got John on the north side of Milwaukee. Hey, John, how you doing? Good morning, John. Okay. So you know how this works, correct? Absolutely. All right. So here we go. Okay. Uh, the world's most popular pike lure is the Jensen Silver Pillow. Ooh. Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle. Yeah. It's the Jensen Silver Minnow, not the Jensen Silver Pillow, which is machine washable like Tom likes. <laughs> Who, who is this okay. again? What's your name again? John. John. John, if you would have got that one wrong, I would have hung up on you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. Okay. The world-famous Rapalalure was invented in Japan by a guy named Hirohito. Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle. I think Boy. he was the emperor during World War II. throwing softballs right down the middle of the plate. All right. Well, let's go with another. <laughs> Here's another one. The. Uh, All right, John. I guess I guess I did kind of take it easy on you today, uh, but you're three for three, so you can go out a winner. Make sure you leave your information, and uh, you'll be getting uh, something from the good folks at Baitmate, and also a certificate for Carl's Country Meats. Thank you, guys. Good show as always. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah, you did throw a few of those softballs right down the middle of the plate, Danny. That that was. Uh, well, he did have to think. He he did have. He did have to think about the Jensen Silver Pillow. <laughs> yeah, the Jensen Silver Pillow. God, that thing. When was that thing invented, anyway? That oh, that had to be out. Was that back in the was that in the late 1800s or was that in the 1900s? Well, that's a darn good question. When did the they actually invent the Johnson silver minnow? And was the guy who invented Johnson? 
I think that was just the company name. I doubt if it was the real name. I know it's the company name, but you know, like the the uh, was it the head and spoons? Now those were invented in the in the 1800s, in the late 1800s. But the Johnson Silver Minnow, that's a good one. I wonder, and you know, that's still a good lure, Danny. You know, you put a you put a three or four inch twister tail or something on the back of that, and and that the movement of that lure, you know, and you throw that in the lily pads or in the weeds, it doesn't get hung up because it's got that weed guard on it. That's still a very good lure. It really is. For both bass, pike, yeah. Even get an occasional wayward muskie that might take a swipe at that. So yeah, yeah, you know what? That's probably one of those oldies but goodies that uh, you might have a guy go in a bass tournament and he doesn't have a single Johnson Silver minnow in his box. Yep, and and a guy, and then another guy might have one and he's slamming them, and well, can't do anything about it. You don't have one. Yeah, I know. It's I, you know. Now that we're talking about it, I should probably put a few of those into Sherpers, you know, the gold one and the silver one, because, you well, know, they come in all different colors. They have them over at uh, Smokey's Musky Bait and Tackle Shop. They got them at Smokey's, um, you know, different colors and that, so I just, I used to have some silver ones, I remember, so anyway, but I haven't used one in a long time, long time. Yeah, they, they used to be, you know, right along with the Daredevil, that would be one of your top pike lures. Yeah, yeah. But I think uh, as far as size on that Johnson Silver Minnow, I, if I'm not mistaken, didn't they only go up to like three-quarter ounce or one ounce, something like that? You know, whereas, you know, the Daredevils, heck, those were, what, three and a half, four ounces? You know, they some of those really big ones, the monster ones. You know what? <laughs> That's something we're going to have to look up this week, and then we'll get back to everybody next week about it. How's that? You know, one uh, one of the Rapalas that they used to make that they don't make anymore was a big, thick, floating one. And we did great trolling that for pike up in Canada, but they don't make that anymore. Basically, the, the, the only two colors back in the day for those floating Rapalas was, what, the silver and the gold, basically, yeah, or brown, yeah. right? No, silver and right. brown. Silver and gold. No, the gold, yeah. Well, right. the one color, I don't know if I'd call it the gold, because later they came up with that bright orange, I guess, yeah. So they'd call it gold, you're right. Yeah, it yeah. was called the gold. And then and the blue. Orange. They made yeah, the, blue, the blue, too. I think those that, were the three original Rapala colors. That orange one was a hot one, though. When they came well, out with that, that was hot. Well, the, that little orange one, for those that want to go try trolling spring brown trout, uh, trolling some of the flats, shallow areas, uh, the uh, Bender Park, Oak Creek power plant area. Uh, I've always done well trolling an orange Rapala and even like a, a the regular floating one and a jointed one as well. So, you know, that's that's probably a lure that isn't used as much as it could be, the original floating Rapala. Yeah, that's I, it really, and that thing will catch fish day in and day out, you know. There's no doubt about it. There's only one little problem with that, is that it doesn't cast very far because it's very light. And you really got to have, you know, lighter line to get it out there a ways because it is so light, you know. So, but, uh, yeah, that's a lure that, and it can be fished on the top of the water or just under the surface, you know. And I remember years ago, uh, before they came out with the sinking ones, 
I would put a split shot or two in front of it, uh, probably about six inches in front of it, to get it down a little deeper. And, and that seemed to work as well. So, yeah, a lot of things you can do with that. But you know what else we can do? A lot of things to do with their top of the hour break, Danny. You ready to do that? Yep. Okay. Top of the hour break coming up, folks. Stay tuned for the second hour of the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors here on 1250 AM, 105.7 FM. And we are brought to you by Baitmade Fish Attractants. Stay tuned for more. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Aboard! <laughs> You're on the crazy train! Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. That's right, folks. It's now the second hour of the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors with Dan Bush and the brain dead me, Tom Neubauer. I can't believe I had last year's fishing regulations. Anyway, <laughs> I can't believe it. Anyway, That's all right. We, we come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m., and uh, we are live. As a matter of fact, we're the only live two-hour outdoor show in the state of Wisconsin, and I only found one other show in the country that was a two-hour live outdoor show. And there might be one or two more, but I only found one other one. Anyway, if you want to be a part of the show, give us a buzz at 414-799-1250. That's 799-1250. And if you want to email us, go ahead, but I won't read them until this week, and we'll get back to you next week on it. And that's uh, ceoguys at yahoo.com. Anyway, Danny, what else you got on the agenda for today? Well, uh, I'll talk a little bit about my fishing trip this week. with Yeah, uh, that's right, with our... Randy. With Randy, he gave me a call, and uh, many years ago, um, he uh, chartered me, I guess, if you want to call it that, to go musky fishing, and that was many, many years ago. I think it was maybe me and him and his brother, and I think we maybe had a little small fish follow or something. Uh, So long ago, I can't remember, but anyway, he wanted to go out on the boat, and he said he didn't really matter what, what we did, so I said, well, let's just go fish for whatever, so it really wasn't a a musky guide job per se. So we went out and decided to just go catch some bluegills and bass. So we got bought a bunch of night crawlers and uh, we bought uh, some uh, some some fatheads. Now, I had been catching up until the big, we had a big blow went through here about the middle of last week where all of a sudden a big storm came through and it got real cold. And until that time, I had been catching tons of uh, bluegills right right off my shoreline here right by my place well that kind of kind of went away it seemed i'd seen beds and and all of a sudden they were gone so i went to the west end to try and hit about a, a 10 foot deep weed edge where last year from middle of summer on or maybe about this time of year on um i was catching tons of panfish well guess what tom when i went to the west end the spots I was not finding those fish on the deep weed edge. It, you'd catch a fish here and there, 
but it was pretty slim pickings. Um, so I don't know if that's more of a summer pattern once they're done spawning in the shallows that eventually they get out there on that deeper weed edge. So we came back to the and just fished the docks and shorelines all the way on back to my place here. And that's when we started picking up some nice pumpkin seeds and a few decent gills. And, uh, and we should have just stayed on this side of the lake and, and the whole time. Yeah, it's, uh, well, you know, sometimes those fish, they fool us, Danny. You know, we think we got them figured out, and they throw us curveballs. And, uh, you know, I think that's one of the things that's so enjoyable about fishing is that you never really know for sure. You know, like you don't know, are there fish there and I'm using the wrong lure? Or are there no fish there, but I'm using the right lure? But there's no fish there, you know. We don't. Really Are there know. no fish there, and I'm using the wrong lure, which yeah, means you're really the, off base. <laughs> you're really off, yeah. I mean, and and that's an, and another thing is that you know you did like every good angler should do. You keep trying places until you find them, you know, because they got to be somewhere, right? You know, you know, the fish can't hide totally. I mean, they got to be somewhere. I mean, unless they get, you know, total lock lockjaw, you know, and they're not going to bite no matter what, and that happens every now and then, but. You keep moving, you keep trying different things, you know, until you find them. But, yeah, it's, it, that's funny. You know, like like right now, the crappies, there's a lot of crappies on the deep weed line edges. I'm surprised you didn't, you know, run into any of those. So Yeah, uh, we, uh, we, we used mostly the night crawlers. The minnows kind of died on us. I think you got a better shot at a crappie if you're, if you're using those minnows. Um, I'm thinking... Uh, um, that some of the bluegills, though, never really spawned because some of those that we cleaned had eggs in them yet. So yeah, maybe they, some will spawn. Maybe they'll spawn. I've heard that they don't all, you know, whether you're talking bass or whatever, they don't all just do it at the same time, I guess. Right. Not only that, but, you know, if fish are coming in and let's say they're just starting to gonna start making beds and get ready to spawn... And then, like you say, their big cold front comes through. Big cold front comes through. And that blows them right out. You know, okay, they'll move right out. Now, most of those fish will come back in and spawn, but a lot of them don't. You know, they, they don't. They say, that the heck with it, you know. And then they just absorb those eggs during the season. And that's why you, you can find eggs in a fish in August. It doesn't mean they haven't spawned. It just means that those particular fish did not spawn, you know. And they're, you know, in the process of absorbing eggs. So, yeah, it's it's kind of weird sometimes when that happens to us when we're fishing, you know. But I got to tell you, Danny, you know the public fishing pier that I can see from your window here? Uh, a guy earlier, during one of the breaks I was watching, and the guy caught a really nice fish. I don't know what it was, but, man, I'll tell you what, it was flopping and dancing and jumping out there. Yeah, he caught a nice fish from that public fishing pier. So I guess there are decent fish able to be caught from that. So, anyway. Now, Tom, the other thing, I I never saw any bass on the beds, at least by me here this year. Are they all done spawning? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've been done for a while. Yeah. Yeah, bass have been done for quite a while. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, they, they might have been, you know, because didn't you say that at times you would see beds right out in front of your place? I did see beds, and I'd see the bluegills. Or were they, or, okay, they were the bluegill beds. Yeah, because they might not have spawned right here in front of you, but yeah, I can guarantee you somewhere, especially on Pewaukee Lakes uh, over by the, the railroad track area where the where the train goes by, there's there's always beds over there. 
and there's as a matter of fact there's always bass over there in the summertime uh, that gets a little weedy but you can still you know find open spots to get your lures in and that so uh, that's a real good area but yeah sometimes they're just areas where they're just not spawning and maybe maybe the pumpkin seeds pushed them out you know because there were so many pumpkin seeds I don't know might, so might have been. if you were gonna fish largemouth this time of year Tom would yeah. you just fish piers uh depending on the time of day but yeah basically i'd be skipping under docks and i'd fish be fishing heavy weeds docks and weeds mm-hmm. do 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 any of the bass go out and suspend in deeper water or uh, is it yes just... of course yes so you know on any given day you'll find some bass in shallow water you'll find them on the flats you'll find them on the deep weed line edge and you'll find some bass suspended you can you know every any given day they'll be just about anywhere but you'll find more of them in certain areas at certain times of the years like in the summertime you'll find more of them in let's say less than 10 feet of water than over 10 feet of water so if you look playing a numbers game you're going to fish water that's less than 10 feet then over 10 feet okay especially like if you were a tournament bass fisherman you want to increase your odds in catching more fish so you're going to fish where there are more fish so but then you know when fall rolls around and those bass a lot of those bass leave that shallow water especially if there's not a lot if the weeds are died off then they go out to where there are weeds left on the deep water weed lines that's when you find concentrations of bass out there further tougher to find but when you do you find a bunch of them so a lot of times you're just playing the percentages but right now in the summertime yeah i'm fishing under docks shallow water flats any weedy areas well without a doubt as a matter of fact the last time i was out uh we were catching them not up by the shoreline but they were out a bit i think i told you from the docks probably about six seven feet of water and uh and the fish were eating crayfish you could tell because a couple of the bass that we caught spit up crayfish as we were bringing them in and some big crayfish too i was surprised the size of them we found one in the live well because we put, i kept one bass because i was hungry i wanted to eat one so i kept one and and it spit up a big old six inch crayfish out of my in my son's live well and the bass was only 15 inches and it had this big crayfish and now when we saw some of those crayfish coming out of their mouth what we should have done was switched over to uh, a, a jig with a crawfish type plastic on the back that's what we should have done but you know what we were catching fish on the wacky worms so it's like well why change you know we're, we caught plenty of them on the wackies but I think that we would have caught more maybe so I kind of rambled on there a little bit sir no that, that that was good so I, I've I've got some soft plastics I think there's some old that they it's supposed to be like a soft craw basically and it looks kind of like a crayfish type thing yeah so yeah. How, how do you fish something like that do you just drag it along the bottom yeah yeah well you put it on a jig of course uh and yeah you can either now years ago we always thought that you had to hop them that you had to give the line uh, your rod a little twitch right to, to hop it along but gary roach came up with a system many years ago where he said no you don't have to just hop them just reel it in slowly yeah i guess it all depends on the cover that's on the bottom but if you just reel it in slowly it's kind of like a crayfish crawling along the bottom of the lake you know 
and uh, normally the only time when they're hopping and you know moving like that you know uh, distance is when they're trying to get away from a predator you know so I guess you can always try both okay you can try both crawling or hopping yeah. well sometimes sometimes I think Tom less is more I mean yeah want to try to impart some kind of a special action on a bait and really make it dance and make it work uh, but uh, example uh, the hair jig um, when I first used one years ago uh, you know I was talking to Mark and he said well just kind of you know pop it off the bottom it's low but then later he uh, told me hey uh, you don't have to even do that. Cast it out, count it down, and just slowly wind it. Now, when you look at a little hair jig, and you're just thinking of just winding that through the water, it doesn't look like it's doing anything. And yet, you'll have big smallmouth smack that thing. Yeah, that those hairs, they're moving in the water down there. You know, they're moving. Uh, it's just like when you buy these uh, the plastic crayfish tails that you put on jigs. I mean, some of them, they don't look like much out of the you know just sitting there in the package but when they're in the water those little uh, pincers are they're sticking up in the water and they're moving back and forth a little bit you know you you hardly even have to move it and and they're moving the water is moving them and it looks like a real crayfish with its pincers up in the air you know and now and those hair jigs yeah that I mean that hair moves pretty easily and that water is moving it so there's there's always some type of undulation in those lures that's uh, making them look real, you know. Or even like a, a paddle tail jig, which you yeah. know doesn't look like anything. But if you look carefully, that little paddle tail is, is you know, it's it's moving as it's going through the water. Yeah, it's moving sideways, back and forth a lot. Yeah, it's going a lot. So yeah, that's, you know, it, 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 there's so many things out there. To, to boy, I'll tell you, you know what we got to talk about in the next segment? We got to talk about the different lures how to use them, and why us anglers have so darn many when we only use a handful. You know, we'll, we'll talk about that, okay, Danny? We'll talk Sounds about good. that and more stuff when we come back right here on the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors, brought to you by Baitmate Fish Attractants. Stay tuned, folks. Yep. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Uh, we are presented by Baitmate Fish Attractant, Coleman Insect Repellents. Haven't needed the old repellent so much this year, Tom, but the Baitmate I've used a lot. Yeah, yeah, me too. Same so, here. So when we came to break, you were talking oh. about so many lures. Yeah. You know, it's funny, Dan. It's like we as anglers, you know, we read a lot, we watch TV, we listen to shows and all this. And, you know, there's always new lures out there. And we always got to go out and buy not one, but at least two of everything. You know, we got to have just in case we lose one, we got to have two. So we end up with literally boxes of fishing lures or one really huge mega box. So, okay, we got all these lures, right? And then how many lures did we actually use? You know, it's like we always have confidence in that couple lures, you know. And so when we have confidence in something, we concentrate a little bit more. Confidence and concentration means a few more fish in the boat. But the thing is, is that we take along with us all these other lures. We, we load the boat with them, 
and we never use them, you know, or rarely ever use them. Let's put it that way, rarely. But we always have a bunch. As a matter of fact, uh, I know you have a lot of extra lures. I have a lot of extra lures. I, I, as a matter of fact, in my basement in the man cave, I built this pegboard wall with them hanging all over the place. I got plastics and boxes, musky rigs, sucker rigs and boxes. I mean, I've I got stuff all over the place, right? Do I use that stuff? Well, not really. You know, it just kind of like hangs out there. And then, you know, over the years, we, we get all the different colors of the lures. You know, we got to have all the different colors because you never know what's going to work. But I've come to realize over the years that there are certain colors that I find for me always catch fish. You know, a couple of colors in spinner baits or buzz baits or plastic worms or crank baits. You know, there's always a few that I know are going to work for me. So I don't carry as much tackle as what I used to carry with me. Yeah, I still take a bunch of it, but not as much as before because I'm confident in the stuff that I'm using that I'm going to catch fish on it. And I usually do. So, you know, but it's just one of those things, Danny, you know, how we always got to buy them all. You know, I got to tell you real quick, there was a guy I knew, and uh, he, he thought that the more lures he had and the better lures he had and the better rods and reels he had and the better boat he had, that the more fish he was going to catch. And I kind of told him, like, no, it's got nothing to do with it. It's all what's sitting on top of your shoulders, you know. Uh, you know, fish don't care what kind of boat you're in. They don't care if you got a cane pole or a $500 rod and reel outfit. Uh, you know, the thing is, is you got to know where to go, what to use and how to use it. And with a lot of the lures nowadays, you know, you got to not just know what to use in certain situations, but how to use it. Like you were talking before about the jigs on the bottom, hop it, crawl it, you know, there's different ways to use lures. You know, Joe Booker wrote a whole book on how to work a bucktail. It's like, don't you just throw it out and reel it in? I mean, he wrote a whole book on how to reel, reel in a bucktail on different methods of retrieving it. That was amazing. So, anyway. Well, not only not only that, but a crankbait. He, he wrote a book on yeah. crankbaits as That's well. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it's interesting. I was talking about sometimes maybe we try to over... Um, I've never done well on a suic, but I had a cousin, and uh, he loved to use a suic, especially for big pike, and when I'd watch him work it, I mean, he was hardly doing anything. He was just lazily working it, real relaxed. And there I'd be frantically twitching, jerking, and yerking my yerking my jerking, and, and uh, I'd catch nothing. So I'm thinking back on it, I was probably just overdoing it. I don't know, whatever he did worked. Yeah, I know. I, I, when I did a lot of musky fishing, I always had suics with me. Because I thought, well, you're supposed to have a suic with you, right? I mean, it's a musky lure. And I, I have, over the years, I did catch a number of muskies on a suic. But it wasn't my first bait of choice, okay? It would either be a bucktail or a topwater or a, or a minnow imitating crank, you know, a crankbait. But I, I would use a suet every now and then. And every now and then I'd get lucky and catch a fish on it. So, uh it's just, but I wouldn't use it that often, really, to tell you the truth. I think if I, I used it more, maybe I would have caught more fish on it. So I actually had better luck on a bobby bait myself. Yeah. And yeah. and it's funny, I'm I'm rarely throwing bobby baits these days, and maybe I should go back to. Th I don't know. With all that, you know, you kind of get away from what you used to do. 
Oh, that is so true. I'll tell you, that is so true. Where stuff that we used years ago, you know, we got onto something new. Now we don't use that anymore. You know, like years ago, I, I'm not bragging. I'm just making a fact. Back in 1980, I won the Wisconsin State Bass Championships on crankbaits. I used a lot of crankbaits back then. Do I use a lot of them now? Well, not until up, up until a couple years ago when we were talking about it on the, on the show here. And I said... That's one thing I haven't used a lot of lately is crankbaits, and I'm going to start using them more. So I have started using them more, and yes, I'm still catching fish on them, not tearing them up. I still catch more on uh, the plastic worms rigged wacky style, but still, you know, I am catching some fish on them. And my one oldest son, he's got this one ugly-looking crankbait, Danny. It, I, I don't even know what color to call it. Most of the paint's gone, and it's just a stupid-looking ugly crankbait. And whenever he puts that on, and I always tease him about it, he always catches fish on that stupid-looking bait. Now, I don't know what it is with that particular one. Maybe it's the wobble or whatever it is, but he always catches fish on it. Wherever we go, whenever he throws it on. But here's the pr problem. He doesn't always put it on. You know, and we might not be doing so good in a certain area on a certain species of fish. He won't put it on, you know, or he doesn't put it on. Like, he forgets about it or something. So... If he would put it on more often, maybe he'd catch more fish. I don't know. But I guess we you, all have our favorites. You mentioned crankbaits for bass, Tom. And back in the 1970s, when I went to school in Springfield, Missouri, of course, there was the uh, Brown Derby Liquor Bass Pro Shops. They were all these little places um, alongside the road there. And, uh, and that's basically what it was. It was half bait shop, half liquor shop. And I remember going in there and being and the, amazed. And was the porn in the back room? <laughs> What's that? I said, and was the porn in the back room? <laughs> well, that I know. I didn't even I didn't even go there, Tom. But uh, matter of fact, I think there was. But um, they, I could not believe the number of crankbaits, rows and rows, aisles of crankbaits, and I remember thinking to myself. What is it with these bass fishermen that they got to have all these different kinds of crankbaits? Yeah, as a matter of fact, back in the oh god, I wish I could remember when it was. There was a guy. There's a guy named David Fritz. He won a Bassmaster Classic and some other big tournaments on crankbaits, and I think a big everybody had to you know get the crankbaits and start using them. As a matter of fact, even over at Sherpers and Hales Corners, there's a whole row of Strike King crankbaits. I mean, from from little ones that are like an inch long to big ones that are like four inches long, to ones that'll go down a half a foot under the water to some that'll go down to 20 feet under the water. I mean, and all different colors. Yeah, crankbaits, yeah, they're big. It's, well, it's kind of like with plastic worms, too. Those are big, too. A lot of different colors, you know. But you know why these companies, I, I believe they make all these different colors of crankbaits and plastic worms and that you know you know why they make them in all these different colors because we're dumb enough to buy them all we're going to buy every one of them because we never know exactly which one might work on any given day so we better be ready with them all you know at least well, that's the way i look at it what let me ask you tom have you ever seen a situation and i i don't even care what species of fish but where a certain species of fish just seem to have a preference for a certain color lure. Oh, definitely. That's why you see 
you know, all let's say all the plastic worm companies, all right, they all have a handful of the same exact colors. Why? Because they all work. Those handful of colors, uh, watermelon with red flake, uh, pumpkin seed, you know, there's certain colors, June bug, they all, they, they all make that color, they all work. In crankbaits, they, they all have fire tiger. They all have some kind of shad. Every company has those. You know, every company, you look at all their line of baits, and, and they got a lot of colors. Every one of these companies got tons of colors. You'll always see from every company, there'll be that handful of covers, colors that every company has, and that's because they work. So it's kind of like the, 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 the Rapalas, that silver and black and the golden black. Hey, those are going to work uh, 50 years ago. They're going to work now. You know, yeah, so. I, I think those were the two. I, I wonder, did they have the blue one at the same time, or did that come later? Seems to me blue came later. Uh, uh, probably about a little later, you know, but then they started coming. And then they had the trout pattern. They made a lot of that, and I had some, but I never caught a fish on the trout pattern. I, Maybe because I didn't back, throw it as much. Huh? I think when we come back from break, I have a story about the trout pattern. All right, I'm looking forward to that, Danny. Let's go to a break then, shall we? He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Newbauer. Sam Schmitz is on the boards. 799-1250 is the phone number. We are brought to you by Baitmate Fish Attraction, so stay tuned for more, folks. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. We're presented by Baitmate Fish Attractant. Thanks for joining us on the ride on the crazy train here. And uh, to all of our listeners for sticking with us over the last couple of months. We're not, this has been quite difficult. We're not in the studio doing the show anymore, which used to be so nice and natural because Tom and I just feed off each other and every show just seemed to roll smoothly and... Uh, we're still coming to you and still working. Appreciate our listeners staying with us. Yeah, that's true, Danny, and I agree. Uh, it, it seems like when you and I could see each other, when we could see Sam, you know, uh, like you said, we, we'd play off each other, you know? You could tell if a person, I mean, you, we could make, give little signs to each other, <laughs> you know? I mean, or give each other the finger sometimes. Well, you know? Do you remember? Do you remember the time we came back from a break, and uh, you and I went out for a cup of coffee or something, and John was alone in the studio, and we decided we're, we were just going to stand outside and let John bring back, bring, bring back, you know, bring back the show from the break by himself, and and while we just stood outside and watched him. I don't, I don't remember that. Oh but yeah, I'm sure, yeah, but I'm sure we it, did it. I think sure it was your did. idea, and and we're oh, watching. Oh yes, right away. Blame me. Yeah. And he starts, <laughs> and he st- he starts talking, and then he he doesn't he starts rambling, and then he looks at looks and he doesn't know what to say, and then he looks and sees us standing outside the door, laughing, and then he starts then he starts giving us obscene obscene gestures yeah so. oh, you guys are evil have, yeah that oh, must yeah. have been in the old we, studio we too. just figured yeah. let's just watch him watch him ride the wave and hit the we'll go in when he hits the beach when he when he finally hits the sand face first oh man you guys <laughs> yeah sam actually sam now i'm now i'm starting to remember that that was very funny 
Yeah. yeah. That, and that then uh, there were other times, though, when John could get on tangents. Uh, let's see. Don't get him going on China back in the day. And that's tangents. before Trump. Oh that's God. before Trump. He would have loved Trump when Trump came out saying China's oh, yeah. been. But, oh, don't get him going on China because he wouldn't even buy any lures made in China for the longest time or rods. Um, then And don't get him going on taxes and big government. All you'd have to do is say something, plant a seed, and he'd go off on a rant. Yeah, he would. He's and and you know it was funny. Like uh, John loved getting into the politics stuff, and you know when I started with the show, I told John, I said, John, you know people aren't listening to this show to hear politics. They can hear that all during the week. They want to hear about the outdoors and other goofy stuff. You know, they don't want to hear politics. But John would do it anyway. And I don't know if you remember the day. When I, t- I forget, the, the producer was that one guy we we didn't care for. I forget his name. I think Well, we don't want to say it on the air anyway. No, we wouldn't say it. But anyway, and but I told him, I said, if John gets on the politics and I give you the, you know, the, the, the finger across the throat sign, I, say, I told him, I said, you cut off his mic. And so John, uh, he, as usual, he got into one of his rants, you know, about politics and oil and China, and he's going on, right? So I gave the producer the sign to, to cut his mic, and he cut his mic. And, at, and, and John just kept on yakking for about a minute, and then he realized the mic was off, and then you and I started talking, and then we went to a break. John had never been so PO'd at me. He'd say, God darn it, I'm paying for this airtime. I'll say whatever the hell I want to say. And, oh, he was hollering at me good. And and I said, John, I keep telling you, nobody wants to hear that, you know, that political stuff. And, uh, and so, yeah, he was mad at me for a while, but he finally got it, you know, because let's face it, when it comes to fish, they don't care if you're Republican or Democrat or any kind. You know, he does, they don't care about politics. They don't care what color you are. They don't care how old you are. They don't care what sex you are. Fish don't care. So why should we care, right? We just got to help people catch those darn fish. Fish don't care. There's no bias in fish whatsoever. That's right. And that's, you know what? That's the way we all should be. Well, I'll tell you what. No, here's the deal. Here's the deal. This is all I'll say in this. It's as simple as this. The Bible says, love thyself. If we all just did that, we wouldn't have to worry about social justice. That's right. That's kind of like the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have people do unto you. Yeah, you know? yeah, just, exactly. Just follow those rules, man. You you got no problems. But you know what? Not everybody reads the Bible, Danny. Not everybody Cause, goes to church. Because I got a feeling that everybody, you know, who's fighting for social justice at the same time hates the people that they're fighting for social justice from. Everybody just hates each other. Yeah, yeah. We got to get rid of that that word. See, and that's and that's one of those words. You know me, I. I don't use the word love a lot, and I don't use the word hate a lot, okay? Um, I think I told you that before. Did I ever tell you what I love? Um, yourself? <laughs> well, <laughs> I love, okay, I love my wife, I love my children, I love my family, I love my God, and I love my country. All right? That's All right. what I love. Now, do I love fishing? No, I really like it, though. I enjoy fishing, and I really like it. Do I love pizza? No, but I really like pizza. You know, there are. I mean, for my What's for the... my wife, for my family, my God, my country. I'll stand in front of a bus, okay? But would I stand in front of a bus for uh, the car that I like a lot? 
No. Would I stand in front of it for that uh, prime rib steak? No. You know, I mean, so there are things that I really, really like. I just don't love them, you know. That's it's different for me. And when it comes to hate, yeah, there are a couple of segments that I hate, okay? Very, very rarely do I will I use the word hate. There's a lot of things I dislike, you know, but hate's a strong word, you know. Well, and I, I don't know and about I save that word. I pretty much agree with you on everything, Tom. Uh, but that, except for the pizza, I I, 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 <laughs> I love I think I love pizza. Uh, okay. I think I love pizza. Ma- okay. Matter of fact, I uh, one time I was at a and a gal I knew was working there. Folks owned the place, and I went in and I ordered had her make make me a pizza, and she goes, Dan. Pizza again? She goes, don't you ever get sick of pizza? I said, or I think her name was Ida. I said, Ida, there's three things a guy never, 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 never gets tired of. Women and beer. Oh, you might get sick of them. They might make you sick once in a while, but you'll be right back after them the next day. So (laughs) that's pretty much it, man. Preach. (laughs) That's pretty good. Did Did you get that, Sam? Oh, no, I live by that. Oh, you live by that rule. Yep. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Well, Sam being a young guy, uh, I think, do you, would we include ramen noodles to that, Sam? No, I, I'm kind of, no? I've been past that stage for a couple of years now. Oh, but I will say, I, I used to be a wrestler, so, uh, you know, weight used to not be an issue, and now it's starting to become an issue. No, cut it out. You're tall and lanky. Well, we say that, but, you know, during all this quarantine, I think I put on, like, probably 10, 15 pounds, <laughs> to be honest. I, I I put on 10. Yeah. I know I did. Yeah, I did. Well, tell you what, Sam, you ought you to try and go on a 50-mile bike ride like I did this week. Uh, yeah. you'll, have the, you'll have the enjoyment of the last 15 miles of severe <laughs> forward to when, when I had to get off and stretch, when the quadriceps were locking up, the right quadricep locked up, then uh, five miles later, the left hammy. Oh, that's and, the worst. Uh, and I was trying to get hydrated, but I drained my water bottle. Was empty. Oh, <laughs> I was man. ready to. I was ready to find a river to start drinking polluted water just so I could hydrate. But I made it back by God. But I don't think I'm going to be doing that again. Oh man. You know, you know, Danny. I had a friend years ago. who lived in Waukesha, and he did that trek where you go out almost to Madison and then back again on that trail. Right. I thought he was goofy for doing that then. I think you're goofy for doing that now. Well, my see, God, you're going to kill yourself one of these days. <laughs> well, that was my goal. I thought my goal is to hit 100 miles in one day. Oh, and my I did God. half of that. I did half of that, and it pert near killed me. So <laughs> I don't know. i got to rethink my strategy on this one, man. Yeah. I mean, bike riding is, is fun, but, boy, I wouldn't want to be on one that long. My ass would get sore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, it ain't no treat. <laughs> Especially, you know what? These bikes nowadays, they got these little bitty seats on them that go right up where they shouldn't go. You know what I mean? They got those little bitty seats, little narrow seats. I like those big wide seats that they had years ago. Those were nice. Yeah, <laughs> big, big wide granny seat on that thing. That's like a, right. It's like That's the front right. seat on a boat. There you like go. Your, like That's your my casting kind of seat. seat on a bike. <laughs> your big pedestal. I, ca- I'll tell you what. Bike. I haven't I haven't been on a bike in years. Well, oh, let me oh, tell you. you know what? 
Hey, I just remembered. I got to do something. I've been promising a certain couple this for, oh my goodness, four weeks now. And I keep forgetting to do it. If someone is looking for a upper flat in Menominee Falls that's in a nice area, nice people that live downstairs, um, preferably no kids, uh, we, I, I know a place for you. Yeah, and the rent is inexpensive. It's not expensive in Menominee Falls. It's a two-bedroom upper flat. So you can email me at ceoguys at yahoo.com. And I'll forward your information to the people who are renting that out, all right? CEOguys at yahoo.com. Uh, thank you, Danny, for letting me do that quick because I've been promising no. these people for four months. I mean, four weeks. So No problem. Okay. That brings us right to break, huh, Sam? Yeah, I guess so. It's time for us to go. And, you know, i got to remind everybody, we come to you on two radio stations 1250 AM and 105.7 FM, The Fan. Oh, and by the way, uh, yesterday I was on uh, the Bart Winkler show. And remember our old producer, Ryan Horvat? Yep. He had a question for me that I'm going to tell you, okay, when we come back. So, folks, stay tuned for more of the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Hey, welcome to Buds, Cutting Edge Outdoors. Uh, thanks for uh, riding on this last segment of tracks of, on the crazy train this morning. And I believe we've got a guest jumping on board. Yes, we got Bill from the Sportsman Den. Yeah, we got the man who's got his finger on the pulse of the fishing society, Bill Beal. Hey, Bill. Hey, hey. Top of the morning, gentlemen. So hey. what have you been hearing? Oh, man, the perch are really good this year down at the lake run on baby golden shiners. The fatheads, not so much, but it, I can hardly get the baby goldens. It, they just, it's not what it used to be for uh, obtaining bait, but I do have okay. them now. now how big say, Oh, how big is well, a baby they're, golden? They're maybe an inch to an inch and a half long. Oh. And if you open up a perch, you'll see the alewives in their belly that are the same side. They look just like the alewives. That's wow. What makes them okay. so deadly. Yeah. That, yeah. And, and then I want to say Pewaukee Lake is just on fire with big bluegills and bass right now. And then there's a pier fishing for those of you who don't have a boat. Um, yeah, we saw a guy. rents boats. Yeah. What's yeah. that? Yeah, I said I saw a guy this morning catching a really nice fish off the public fishing pier. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful oh. down there. Yeah. And then Smokies has boats too, right? They rent them? Y- yes, they do. Yeah. Boats with uh, upwards on them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what I want to say was old Papa Joel Earhart used to pull that suic on Pewaukee all the time. That's what his big muskie came on. No, I don't think it did. Nah, he was trolling he, he was trolling me. back to the launch with a crankbait. He was uh, I don't he think he was, was I don't suic. think I don't think he was trolling a suic. Oh, well, okay. Well, yeah, you know, I then again, you. over the years, uh, things Stories change, let's put it that way, over the years. Yeah. That happens. more fastly change they now. Yeah. Um, that, you know, it's funny that you said something about that bait, about colors. You take a frog, for instance, all the beautiful frogs. What is the bottom of the frogs? They're all white. It's white, it's just, exactly. It just, and that's it just, what the fish see, is the laugh. bottom. Yep. Yeah. They don't see the top. 
Nope. But, uh, exactly. And then, and then that that little that little bag lead, or no, that one bait you said, the striking bait. That yeah. little one that dives. That thing is deadly. I've seen it catching tarpon, uh, all kinds of stuff down in Florida. That that little freshwater. Uh, three to five feet bait. My goodness. Yeah. If you get the right color down there, it just goes on fire. Bill, what's your phone number over there at Sportsman's Den? 414-464-2287. And you're located at 54th and Villard, and you've got all I the am. live bait and tackle that people need to go out there and catch them, right? We have that and more. More than most places. We're, all right. we're pretty big. Uh, one All other right, thing, Bill. I am yeah. looking for somebody that is laid off or knows fish. We're up for everybody, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm hopefully somebody well. uh, who's looking for a job will give you a call at Sportsman's Den. That's Bill Beal at Sportsman's Den. Just Google it, and you'll be able to give him a buzz. All right, thanks, Bill. Thanks a lot, guys. I okay. appreciate you. Good, Good luck. Fishing. So anyway, Danny, uh, this week I heard... Uh, uh, Bart Winkler, uh, I almost said Bart Linkletter, <laughs> Bart Winkler and Ryan Horvat, and uh, they were talking about what's what they consider north, uh, you know, up north. So I had a call and let them know that, you know, every couple of weeks we have uh, Dennis Royce, our Boulder Junction connection, and he's up north. So anyway, we had a little discussion, a little there for a few minutes, and then Ryan Horvat asked me, he said, Tom, you've had a lot of, you and Danny have had a lot of producers. He said, I was, who was your favorite producer? Who was your favorite producer? All, all those producers. And then I, I said, I said, uh, I'm sorry, you're starting to break up. I, I, we're losing a connection. I, I, I better go. And I hung up. Smart right? answer. Smart yeah. answer. So you know what Horvat said? He said, I always like Bushy better. You <laughs> <laughs> can get you can get petty sometimes. Whoa. Yeah, I thought that was so funny. Well, I I couldn't say who we like better because we liked them all, right? Right. Yeah, we like them right. all. <laughs> Whoever yeah. the flavor of the month is. We right like. now, Sam's our favorite producer. <laughs> That's right. Right now, it's Sam. <laughs> Doing a fine job under tough conditions. COVID-19. Yeah, yeah. For real. Yeah, and, and really that is a pain in the butt because you can't always leave. Like before, you know, if we were, me and Danny were in a discussion, you could, let's say, run to the bathroom or run and get a coffee or something, right? Whereas now you can't really leave because you got to be in contact with us all the time. Right, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like paranoid sometimes. Like if I do want to leave that something's going to happen or, you know, somebody's going to drop a, you know, a bomb or something on the air and all that. So, yeah, definitely. Right. Um, I, don't, oh. I don't think I've ever left the board like during these past yeah. couple of weeks and I all know. that. I would never drop a bomb that I, you'd have to use. Tom's uh, been pretty good for a long time. Though. No, yeah, been, yeah, I'm just saying more so like year. callers and all but, that. But I have oh. in the past accidentally, yes. Well, John, John used to more often uh than oh that. yeah yeah oh yeah he would uh he... stay close to the <laughs> dump button it, it, it was and, a good uh, i want to yeah. yep i want to quick congratulations out uh four hunters in wisconsin were lucky and got elk tags tom oh wow yeah they're uh, one guy i guess somebody from appleton mcfarland junction city in marengo or Whatever, wherever that is. But four people, and uh, I guess uh, when the uh, 
a big biologist, I don't know if it's Kevin um, Wallenfang, I think is his name, calls him up and says, you've got the elk tag. Their first response is, I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, they're in shock. Well, that's like winning the lottery, you know. Uh, it, the odds are quite, you know, against you for getting one. So, all right. So, well, listen, Danny, we only got about a minute to go. I've enjoyed my morning with you again and with all our audience. Uh, I'll talk to you next week. We got more stuff coming up. Well, can, can I sing you a song, Tom? Sure, go ahead. No, I don't want to. Got <laughs> Me too. To all the listeners, thanks for listening. And God bless and stay free, everyone. You've been listening to Skibber Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors, brought to you by Baitmate Fish Attractants. We'll talk to you all next week, my friends. maybe a little they're gonna get paid well we need somebody why why if you why? have t-mobile 5g home internet you might be hearing this why a lot why every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours why why because your network gives priority to cell phone users why, why? good question why not switch to cox internet with two times faster download speeds than t-mobile 5g home internet during peak hours okay stop the whys and visit cox.com 5g home for details t-mobile prioritizes certain t-mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion